How many times have you seen this movie? A lot. About? A lot? A lot. Can you... Because I know people... Two hands? <laughs> Probably. More whenever, than two hands? Mm, I don't know. I just honestly don't know. A lot. I've seen it a lot. Because I know whenever you ask people like that question about their favorite movie, they're like, oh, I've seen it a hundred times. I'm like, no. How many times have you seen Iron Man? I've probably seen Screen. I mean. Mm-hmm. Less than 20 times, but more than 10. Okay. 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 Is it okay. something that you know, you're like, it's been a, it's been a ye- few years, got to watch it. Or is it like, you have to wait for the occasion to arise? It's, I watch it wh- whenever it's on. Okay. Basically. I don't have television. Neither do. Yeah. I, like if yeah. I'm house sitting or something, got it. or if it's on Netflix mm-hmm. or if it's on HBO go, mm-hmm. you know, and it pops up and it's, it's like, right oh, it's there. there. Yeah. I have seen the Iron Giant. A million times. Probably, probably maybe within that 10 to 20 range. Mm -hmm. But again, it's weird because there was uh, a point where maybe about 15 years ago, during Thanksgiving Day, Cartoon Network played it 24 hours straight. That's a good... So, yeah, it's oh, a it's, really good it's one. It's a perfect Thanksgiving Day movie. It's a Do you have like a movie, movie you watched every Halloween not or every, around that time? Not every Halloween, but I do have like Thanksgiving and Christmas movies. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. for we're sure. Gonna, we're going to keep asking questions <laughs> that are horror-centric. Good. Yeah, we need to not introduce anything. We just need to keep going <laughs> <Yeah>. this route. <laughs> this is great. I'm in. Sign me right up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 500 Greatest Films Podcast. My name is Hector Navarro, and sitting to the right of me. This is weird. <laughs> you always say across. Is uh is my co-host Mr. Keller Knobloch. Say hi Keller. Hello. And hi, we got Keller. a very special guest today. One of the one of the earliest Oh, this is it guest the ambulance sta- driving pass? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. our guest. Our very special guest. <laughs> Probably not going to get picked up on the whatever. Um but for sure will. Our guest today, she is one of the people who staked out a movie the most in advance. I feel like yeah. early on, yeah, er, like earliest. Like mm-hmm. I think we, uh, I, I pitched this to you in January, yeah, and you were flipping through the list, and you're like, oh, I'll, I'll, I need to do Scream, and I'm like, okay, it's in May, mm-hmm. so I'll see you in half a year, and you were like, yeah, yes. sign mm-hmm. me up, sign me up. It's funny because at first I told you to get Perry Nemiroff to do it, mm-hmm. and then I started explaining to you why the movie is so great, and then I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take this one. <laughs> Don't Sorry, give it Perry. to Perry. Sorry, Perry. Give we, it to me. We will be reaching out for another movie. Might I interest you in some Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man's Chest? Just kidding. No. We got a sucker for that no, already. Somebody's already doing that. Yeah, I know. Uh, Flesh? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> There's some weird ones. But we're, we're going to be reaching out, Perry. But I feel so sorry because our guest today, Clark Wolf. Yay! Thanks, guys. Ladies and gentlemen. So happy to be here. She Thank picked. You. Would you say it's one of your favorite films? Yeah, it is. We were talking, I think mm-hmm. you might have gone to, they, the gentleman fed me today, which was so generous. Mm-hmm. And I think you had gone to pick out pick up the food. Um, but we were talking about like favorite movies, like mm-hmm. what's your favorite movie? And Scream is absolutely in my top five favorite horror movies of all time. Wow. Would it's my say- favorite Wes Craven movie. And Wes is my favorite horror auteur. Wow. Yeah. Would you say that's in your top 10 of movies, period? Top 15, it's, top 20. It's weird because I separate almost mm-hmm. my horror movies because horror was not really a part of my upbringing. I really? always was interested in scary things, but I was too scared. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I didn't really get into horror until I was a teenager. And um, and so, so many of my formative years were the Wizard of Oz and Labyrinth mm. and Princess Bride and that kind of stuff. Sure. So, the so greatest like, movies just kind of, of creepy. They, which, so, yeah, yeah, still a little scary. Like dark fantasy, mm-hmm. um, Tim Burton ish. Paranormally, t- yeah, okay. yeah. So, so yeah. So, so wow. I say that to say that as far as my. Um, favorite movies of all time. Right. They tend to come from my childhood. Right. And yeah. so Yeah, that's... Keller Keller gives me shit all the time because one of my top tens is probably a goofy movie. Oh yeah. I give you lots of shit for you your top we but went also, through it. But also like, have to, I have to be fair. Uh, I, in my top ten is also Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Keller will back me up on that. He's like, no, that's that. I'm okay yeah. with these movies being in your top ten. <laughs> we were supposed to submit our top ten for. Greatest movies movies of of all time. time. And he comes in with like, I don't know, Iron Giant. (laughs) That's his version. And this is something that I always get into too is best versus favorite. Right. Mm -hmm. Like best and sometimes they overlap, but a lot of times they don't. Mm -hmm. And um it's a weird thing in internet culture that I don't really understand. The Mm -hmm. the necessity that my favorite thing Mm -hmm. also has to be the best thing. It is so weird to me. Um 
because I love movies that I know are not good. Like, yes. but I, they're my favorites, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, this list is a very interesting snapshot of, of film, like I guess film nerds in the year 2008. This list is uh, cray. It's, it is very clearly designed mostly by men. Yes. It's very clearly has that sort of slant to it. The people writing in as fans, the readership of this magazine are probably mostly yeah. dudes. They're probably mostly white people in the UK and, and the US. So it's like there's incredible films all all up and down this list, but there is a lot when you start to see some of the patterns and you and you flip to like the greatest of all time and, and you're like, okay, like Fight Club's in the top ten. God. And it. the Exorcist is not didn't even crack yeah. the top one hundred. Yeah, it's Club. like it's like two oh six. I'm sorry, Fight Club's yeah. not even David Fincher's best mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I But wait, when did Zodiac come out? Two thousand seven. Oh, Zodiac Zodiac It was like before be two thousand eight. It is. You're, you're right. It is, I'm but it's... I'm pumped to watch Zodiac again. Zodiac is so good. It, it so talked about slasher movies. Zodiac is a slasher movie. Oh, it makes... If you watch yeah. it with that lens, it's really it. fun. It's so stressful, that it one is. scene by the lake. It's so, Oh, God, it's awful. It's so good. It does scary okay, real you, well. <laughs> can I tell you a real fast Broad story? daylight scene. I, so scary. I had to have a um, uh, had to have a colonoscopy recently. I'm all right. I'm fine. But um, that said, like... The way it's broken up where you drink the solution, mm-hmm. now they've changed it. And so it's every, uh, it, so for the 12 hours before your apport- appointment, you have to drink the solution like every, like three times in four hours or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's like that 12 hours is broken up. And so I just had to be awake. Uh, kind yeah. of, you know, but also in and out of things. And so I yeah. put on Zodiac because it was so Four long times. <laughs> and it was just like in the middle of the night at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I'm kind of in it, like kind of not. And I was like, well, Zodiac sounds good. Let's just put that on. It's really long. It'll get me through the night. That's yeah. like time totally to watch bizarre. it. Yeah, exactly. When you're like hallucinating. Yeah, super quiet out. You know, yes. in Los Angeles, and and then like the movie's really quiet, and like at night in San Francisco, whatever. It's my neighbors must have thought I was insane <laughs> at like three o'clock in the morning. People getting murdered next door. We uh, should probably get into oh yes, discussing <laughs> the film. Wait, what are we doing? And before we do, who Keller is going to give us the blurb from mm. Empire Magazine in his beautiful British man yes. voice so we can really we get the feeling okay I'm gonna we get close the feeling. my yeah. eyes okay here we go what are we talking yeah, about I'm today I'm gonna do a British man voice to really get us in the feeling for Scream yep mm-hmm. <laughs> 482 Scream 1996 director Wes Craven the self-referential irony may have become less hip in the aftermath of countless pretenders, but the brutal effectiveness of Craven Slasher and his ghost-faced killer recreation remain a genuine genre high point. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's a short little blurb. Which it's has it. lived on into hip-hop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I think a lot of these little blurbs are like, they do a really good job of summing that up. And I would agree with all of that. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I want to talk about immediately mm-hmm. that you mentioned is that people forget that this film came out before the the events of Columbine. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Columbine. What year was that? 99. 99. There was a year that Idle Hands came out, but yep. then was like. Fight Club? Yeah, right? but, but that film Idle Hands was like, it came out in theaters and then was it was pulled yeah, quickly because yeah. of Columbine. Like, it was like... I've never even heard of that movie. Idle Hands is a movie where... Seth Green, Seth Green Devin Sawa? I think Devin Sawa. There is um, uh, uh, mm. a rule that if your roommate dies in college, you get straight A's. So this college student was like, I'm failing everything, so I have to... So then they kill their roommate, but then his like hands mm-hmm. come back to life or something and like haunts them or whatever damn because it was like kids killing kids kind of yeah white kids killing you know that um that 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 it like made this i remember it made the studio and made hollywood look terrible Mm -hmm. because it was so poorly timed but you talk about how this film came out before columbine Mm -hmm. and this film was prophetic because it tapped into what would eventually become a very serious problem in the united states this this problem that exists in white suburbia mm-hmm. that people didn't know could never they, they they never even in a million years would believe that that would happen here yes in near in our neighborhoods that kids could be 
weaponized or that they that they could get to this point where they you know for various reasons could go and do this and then scream talks about that yeah i think you know it's The thing that I love about Wes Craven throughout his whole career is he gives kids respect Mm -hmm. um, that that most directors don't. I mean, it's it's kind of amazing when you look back at the kids in his movies. They are all they they think things through. They they're smart. They have characters. They have personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, And and you know, with and Scream is no is no different. Mm -hmm. You know, and Kevin Williamson's script was just I just cannot get over the fact that he was so young when he wrote that script. Um, it does so many things, but he yes, said he was like 20. He was, yeah. I mean, he, he was, he, I don't, if he was 25, I would be shocked mm-hmm. uh, when Scream came out. But yeah, when it comes to Columbine, I think that it's really important because this is two boys, two boys in an affluent suburb. Yes. Um, deciding yes. that they're going and to planning yes. and like it is thought yes out. and yeah. they they decide they are going to kill their friends mm-hmm. and they are going to kill other kids and you know it's um the columbine narrative has in the media has cha- has been turned into something well they even reference it in this movie the yes. uh uh, uh, movies don't make psychos. They just give them ideas. Yeah, make they make creative. psychos more yeah. creative. And mm-hmm. I've thought about that line a lot mm-hmm. um, because it is. First of all, it's just a great. It's a great line. I'm sorry mm-hmm. to be like you know trashy about it, no, but it, it is, is a, a great good line. line. Yeah, um, it's a well written movie. There's a bunch of great lines in this. Yes, movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but also you know it's answering head on the notion and the idea that Wes come come back fought against his whole career. Yeah. You are responsible. Yeah. You are showing violence. You are where, you know, anybody who identifies as a horror fan will tell you, no, we go see these movies because we have a safe space mm-hmm. to work out our anger or aggression or sadness or loneliness or whatever it is. And, um, and one certainly does not lead to the other, right? Mm-hmm. So that line is so important because I think it's basically saying, you know, Somebody, if somebody is going to commit violence, you know, what movies they're watching, what games they're playing, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest with you, though, perhaps I sound ignorant, but I don't know about the games thing. I think mm-hmm. we might, um, in down the line, learn that the first person shooter yeah. versus yeah. like actually being an active observer in a theater yes. is very different has a different effect on our brains. Oh, absolutely. And the U.S. Army would agree with you because at first, and I remember the narrative at Columbine Mm -hmm. because I was a kid who played video games and I remember the narrative being that politicians were saying that this is because of violent video games and they played Mortal Kombat. And Marilyn Manson. And Marilyn Manson. Yeah. They played Mortal Kombat. So this is why these two boys decided to do this. And, And all of my friends and people my age we're hearing opposite arguments from the video game industry, but also from places like MTV and whatever, like any place that was like a voice for the youth, they were saying that millions upon millions of kids did the exact same thing. Sure. Same with the first person shooters. True. But when the government was coming down on video games, then Mm -hmm. took a couple of years until they started to, there's literally, they've, they've now had video games that have been like, Sponsored by the U.S. Army, yeah, they're it's like it's like an army like sponsored game that they're like in cooperation with the U.S. Army and U.S. military to make sure that it's accurate and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But they're of course using these as recruitment, as recruitment tools, right? And 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 yeah. it's because I think that they was a gen, there's a generation that's grown up with those kinds of media, yeah. That when they got to the Iraq War, they would have observations like it reminded me of Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and the army was like, oh shit. Okay, this can be a recruitment tool because also you got to look at the stories within these games yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. How are you know gun violence? How are, how are they? How is it being used? How is is the U.S. government and the U.S. military like seen? If you know, and how it, are the people being represented that were fighting in yes. these games? And I wonder if all it's those kinds of issues, a combination too of the idea that you know a certain well, I don't know. You can't paint with these broad strokes, but the, I think it's a combination of similar events mm-hmm. that probably 
come together when we are dealing with mass shooting here mm-hmm. in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and perhaps the isolation and addiction to a certain type of media mm-hmm. um, facilitates something else. I don't, again, I don't want to sound like Tipper Gore here. <laughs> like, it, I'm not guys, blaming Guys, get all your media. kids in therapy. <laughs> yeah. That could be it. They could, and I think that what Scream does, and I love this conversation, is because at the end of the film, what Scream does is it says... It addresses. It, it addresses both. It yes. says, like we quoted the line... These things don't turn children into killers, but they make them more creative. And the whole movie has two kids, and especially Billy, obsessed with the horror genre. Yeah. That Nev Campbell is telling him, this isn't a movie. And he goes, no, yes, it is. And that, to me- The detachment the of detachment reality. The detachment of yeah, reality. Yeah, totally. The, the idea that this kid could become so obsessed with this thing, which we're seeing- Today And not only media and and movies and video games, whether they're violent or whatever, but when you have young men obsessed with, oh, I'm not getting laid enough. I'm entitled to this, this, and this. Your mother ruined my family. I I don't remember which somebody, either of you said. It was Keller. Yeah. You said, Keller, you said, uh, well, your dad's kind of a dick too, right? Because he's the one. Your a real piece of shit. Yeah. And it's like, but the idea that it's easy for Billy to blame. His mom. His mom, the mom, and it's easy for society to blame the woman. That, yes. Because yeah. Nev Campbell's mother is like she was. She was. She's a slut, a slut. and we never yeah. get to like actually see her. Not side of the story, but Rose McGowan no. gives her a little line. Is like uh, maybe she was in an unhappy marriage or right. something. She mm-hmm. gives a little. There's like a but little throwaway that said, doesn't. She also the Rose McGowan character said also said you can only hear the. Richard Gere gerbil story enough times before you believe it. And I'm then like, I had to learn what the Richard Gere yes, gerbil Yes, we had to educate was. Keller. Guys, um, this movie came out when I was five years old. <laughs> I will say, like, on the last thing I, I think we should met, touch on is just that why I love Scream is one of the reasons is because what I was saying earlier about, like, Wes and... Um, and respecting teenagers. This movie allows these two boys to take enough responsibility. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, it doesn't try and blame anybody else. Mm -hmm. And these two boys actively say, no, 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 we did this. Like there's no gloating. Yes. They're They're giggling. Proud of what they did. They're both stabbed multiple times by each other and they're still kind of laughing about it. Yes. And so I think that is really important. But then, and Hector, you pointed this out, like Stu kind of has the realization of, Oh no, I might get in trouble. My mom and dad. This isn't all just a fucking game. Exactly. He's connected it to reality. It's it's really important that that the movie allows the boys to take responsibility because to tie it back to the Columbine narrative, like if you do any sort of deeper digging into who those two boys were, Mm -hmm. they were not bullied until the point where they snapped. Mm -hmm. They had girlfriends. They knew what they were doing. But it is so much easier and more comfortable for us to go, no, 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 no. This was an isolated incident. Uh, There had to be something wrong with these boys. And explain it when it might just be as simple as these two young men decided Mm -hmm. that this is what they were going to do. Especially when you're criticizing or you're trying to figure out what the problem is in the system systems of power that exists in this world and in the United States, in these systems that involve these two dudes being dudes yes, and these two kids it's being an, white. It, yeah, it's, when and you, with rich parents. Willful ignorance when to you start obvious issues. Bring up the idea that maybe there's My some problems. Baby. Yes. There's some problems in white America. There's some problems in white youth. There's some problems in being a young it's, man. It still happens constantly. Of course. But it's e- even bringing up those issues, it's exactly what you said, Clark. It's like people are going to go, well, it was Mortal Kombat. There's nothing wrong with being a young white dude. That's right. And we don't have any of these psychological problems or pressure or yeah. anything. Men don't have to deal with that stuff. These yeah, guys were The weak. article is still two high school Ugh. athletes suspected of murder. Totally. Wow. Probably. Really? For this movie, probably, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. When it, you yeah, know? At, at, like when it, the yeah. The first, yeah. It, yeah. Man. Like that fucking kid who raped someone and, and is like, oh, but he's a really good swimmer. They like referenced yep. his swim times yep. in the articles. That's what the judge did, of course. And, and there's so many things, again, that are not... When that judge said that, I didn't believe that he was being like malicious and evil and protecting a rapist because he's a rapist. And like, I don't think it's that level. It's just it's all ingrained, man. We all deal with it. We all suffer with this uh, young man with a lot of promise. (sighs) That's right. The fact that he (sighs) most likely raped this young woman ruins his future. Yeah, that could have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about his future? mm -hmm. It's like (sighs) he's gonna have trouble getting jobs if he's raped somebody. We don't want to put this on his record. 
<laughs> but yeah, but this is this is what horror is so good for. Is like yeah. I understand. Listen, there's a look lot at, of look at what Get Out did last year. Right, it Get, started a conversation. Th- there are so many. There are a lot of bad horror movies. I will never say otherwise. But there, the reason that I love the genre so much, and I could spend the rest of my life unpacking it, <laughs> is because of movies like this that are dealing with much bigger. They things. address assault more than most movies. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the end, yeah. So and like uh, before, it was like pretty exploitative, but uh-huh. definitely more nuanced recently. Yeah, yeah. since ninety six. Yeah, um, Keller, how did you feel about this rewatch? Mm. I liked it better this time. Yeah, I mean, because we had Clark telling us. Yeah, all exactly. The fun I've tidbits. seen it twice before this. And you also maybe. said you also said that you didn't see it like when it came out. You yeah, didn't have that nostalgia. That it a was lot of five people. when I I was five when it came out. And. I think a problem when people try to see this film for the first time today happens when it's the same problem that that people have where like kids have been raised on Shrek before they've done the Disney princess movies. Kids, you know, young people have been raised on Austin Powers before they got to James Bond. Yeah, I'd seen that costume two billion times on Halloween. Yeah. With blood on the mask, guys. Ghost face. Yeah, I didn't like that. Unoriginal. I didn't like the the mask. uh, The the, blood pump? Yeah, the scream. Because I was like, oh, yeah. that's, I'm like, that wasn't from the movie. It's weird. Like, it's just, a little excessive. I'm like, just throw regular blood. Is, is your head bleeding? Are you okay? I also don't, Do you have a wound? don't remember at any point that mask getting, it seemed pretty pristine throughout the film. I don't it remember. Did, it did never get blood on it. A point good Which would have been a good touch, honestly. Wes, yeah. you listening? I feel like by <laughs> Scream 2 and mm-hmm. 3. From up oh. above. Yeah. Let's talk Wes, about. Wes, you listening? Let's, <laughs> I'll change my tone. <laughs> Wes, you listening? <laughs> oh, mm. Let's talk about, Wes Craven directed all of them. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the sequels for a second. Yeah. I just want to kind of pivot to the sequels and then come back because I feel like they get uh, more diminishing, less so with the second one, Mm -hmm. but by the third and fourth, did not enjoy them and didn't think they were good. What happened? How do you feel about the sequels, Clark? I really like Scream 2, especially as I get older and like, you know, am removed from the time period of mm-hmm. like being being young and watching those movies and and kind of expectations. I'm not a sequels person yeah. um, in general across the board. Usually, not a fan and not I a franchise. Love person. them. That's wh- really? all I care about. Yeah, true. is that true? <laughs> That's so interesting. Well, it's, it's you know why because it we depends. Had, but it now de- all of your favorite movies are sequels. Yeah, but the Marvel's franchise, Fast gonna, and Furious I'm franchise. Gonna, I'm going to throw something at you, Clark. Right, I think this book. is fascinating. We had our buddy Mark Dave Christensen on mm-hmm. to talk about The Fountain. This is the fourth horror movie we've done, by the Few, way. Oh, is it really? The mm-hmm. fourth horror mm-hmm. film? Already. Um, Four. But we had our buddy on uh, Mark Dave, and Mark Dave was saying like he was listening to something recently where they broke down how men are obsessed with lists. Men like lists. It's a very like weird masculine mm-hmm. thing that men put things in order mm. and rank things and have lists. And like like before we started, uh, we were just kind of uh, talking about movie trivia in general. I was like, okay, Clark, name all of the... And you're like, I can't. You're uh-huh. like, I'm going to stop you right there. That's not my... Yep. you know. Um, so I think that uh, the reason I like... I, I do tend to gravitate towards when they're good franchises and sequels and especially again you like ranking things i that's why Mm. and if a sequel's good because remember in the movie there's this great throwaway line where um i forget which character says is it nev campbell no it's drew barrymore in the beginning that the nightmare on elm street the first one was great and the rest of them suck yeah yeah yeah. and i was and i said like i'm like that's not true i'm like the third one's great i'm Uh like the dream warriors is great but and then you have and i do love new nightmare oh yeah Yeah. but then clearly the joke is that wes aside from new nightmare only directed the first exactly but um yeah so i think that that's why i tend to gravitate towards that but and which is why i knocked out all the screen movies when the fourth one was coming Mm. out a couple years ago Mm -hmm. i was like i'm gonna watch them all again or for the first time but uh two i think is like you're saying is good and kind of go a little bit into what it does as a sequel it's a i think it's a great sequel because i think it does what successful sequels need to do which is remind you of your the greatest hits but also do something very different Mm -hmm. and scream 2 really does do something very different i think scream 2 is quite funny i mean now granted scream is funny but there are actual comedy beats and there's there's a light-heartedness two parts of scream 2 doesn't get more self-retro 
referential? Well, it does. I mean, it definitely, you know, plays into the idea that it's a sequel. So you yeah. start to now, uh, Jamie Kennedy is going to give you the list of rules for sequels. Um, but, uh, but I think that, so the, the scene, there are scenes that stand out to me, like actual fun, romantic, lighthearted scenes. Cause Sydney has a new boyfriend and mm-hmm. he's like a total nerd. When I say a nerd, he's just such a good dude and, and he's Mr. Perfect, but he really is Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they do a scene in the cafeteria where he sings to her and it's very cute. Like it's a cute and, and, but on a dime, it mm-hmm. switches into uh, like a, a, ter- a ter- terrifying horror beat. And I think that's a testament to what Wes is capable of. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, we were talking about the turnaround on Scream 2. Yeah. Less than a year. That's crazy. I mean, the fact that Kevin Williamson, once again, was able to write a script that was, I think, arguably led to a great sequel, mm-hmm. um, you know, is is pretty impressive. And they're good companions. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, three is a nightmare. Four is just meh. Wait, is that a good thing? <laughs> no, it is not. It's not Wes Craven's new, new nightmare? It is a new, new, new nightmare. <laughs> Although, for any, any, uh, any people out there who are interested in this, go back and watch New Nightmare mm-hmm. a lot. Actually, go back and watch A Nightmare on Elm Street and New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. A lot of what made its way into Scream is in both the of those movies. The self-referential. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Like, New Nightmare is all about playing with reality and, like, the movies crossing over oh, into, that's cool. mm-hmm. and into real life. And so um, there's a lot of stuff that you you watch it and know that New Nightmare came before Scream and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, holy shit, like, this is pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I like I like New Nightmare. I do, too. I thought it was pretty good. Um, and I'm not... I've seen none of them. ...a huge fan. Of, we, we'll, we'll do it at some point. We'll have to get all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets under your belt. Clark, we got to get all the Fast and Furious Yes, I, your belt I, furious I. You had a Corona today. I did have a Corona. It's almost sacrilege that you with had, lime and chili. That yes. you had a Corona, familia style, mm-hmm. and have not uh, shared it with the familia. I yet. know, so but I, I'm, it's on our list. We'll do it. So those are the sequels. Um, yeah, and you were also describing how, like, in three and four. Uh, they who, the, fucked the, over Kevin Yeah, Williams. I yes. think it was Aaron Kruger. Um, Came in to write. No relation to Freddie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like the Weinsteins kind of, I mean, granted, just the Weinsteins are... <laughs> They, they they mean a lot different things to people sure. who are listening to this podcast now. But everything you're about to say, it's like, oh, that's understandable. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they they are they had a notoriously fraught relationship. They, Wes Craven did not want to make Scream. He mm-hmm. did not want to direct it. They mm-hmm. had to go after him several times um, to get him to take the first one. And um, there, because it was so self referential. No, well, actually, yeah, I think he, he Wes. You know, keep in mind. So when did he do Music of the Heart? Uh, that was a movie that Meryl Streep was nominated for an Oscar for that is about this woman who um, was a teacher, a music teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a quite quite a good movie, and Meryl Streep is very good in it, and um, Gloria Stefan's in it. And, uh, 99. 99. Okay, so I think, the re- I think, and I could be making this up, but I'm pretty sure Wes agreed to do the trilogy based on You Let Me Do whatever I want, which mm-hmm. is outside the box. I don't want to be the horror guy anymore, which yeah. is why he made Vampire in Brooklyn with Eddie Murphy. Mm. Um, cause he was trying to do comedy. And of course, Eddie Murphy wanted to work with Wes Craven cause he wanted to do a horror movie. And that is part yeah. of the reason why that movie, they both just wanted to make completely different films. So Wes actively, I think at that point was like, listen, I've done it. Yeah. Like, I'm good. I don't need to return to this get world. Me yeah, get me Meryl. Yeah, <laughs> get me Meryl. Um, but, you know, something I wanted to point out about that is that Wes Craven, so Wes, I mentioned earlier, is like my favorite horror auteur. He's made a lot of stinkers, like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he gotta arguably, yeah, gotta, <laughs> gotta cash those checks. He arguably reinvented the horror genre every decade for three decades. Yeah. Last House on the Left was a huge exploitation, uh, like, you know, underground. What year was that? 70, I don't know, 70 something. So he's also seen horror through yes. uh, so, technology changes, that's right. which is very hard. So yeah. Last House on the Left, no, 
yeah, last house. I get now that I listen to last podcast on the left, I'm like, wait, what last is it called? Last house on the left oh, in the cabinet. Yeah. Right. So last house on the left is this really great uh, exploitation film that changed the game in that respect. And then Nightmare on Elm Street. 84, I want to say. I think you're right. And then Scream in the 90s. And I think Red Eye is um, Mm. really great. It didn't change the game, but it's a thriller. And that came out in the early aughts. So really, four decades of genre, he was kicking. I mean, it's it's really cool. There's a handful of directors that can say the same thing. There's your Spielbergs that have kind of been able to update for the most part with the times. And again, Spielberg's made stinkers too, but it's that thing of like every decade, it's like they come back and reinvent themselves and then kind of reshape the sort of genre they're working with. And yeah. People often compare Wes Craven to John Carpenter, Mm -hmm. which is not really fair because they're very much apples and oranges. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're just totally different filmmakers. But you can see the Halloween in it though. Mm -hmm. Well, sure. Of course. Oh, of Mm -hmm. course. Yes. Um, But one thing I will say is that Carpenter, I would argue had about a decade of great stuff mm-hmm. and then just kaput. Yeah. Like, and he still oh, yeah. makes movie or was making movies after I think he was doing his best. Yeah. But Wes, I think, I mean, I would argue four decades made four great films. I mean, yeah. made more than that because Serpent in the Rainbow is great. Last House or People Under the Stairs yeah. is insane, uh, but amusing and very politically savvy. So Wes, yeah. Wes is a really special kind of guy. And his name's Wes Craven. <laughs> yeah. We went over that. Yeah. Wes Craven. That was your first, real name. first question to Clark Also, like, fun fact. Real. He was thir- late 30s? Yeah, he was a college wow. professor and a dad, like, you know, f- before he ha- started a filmmaking career. That's why career. they're so good at casting dads. It's funny because allegedly Tarantino has said that he doesn't want to make movies past a certain age mm-hmm. or ever have kids. <laughs> and the justification is because th- you lose your bite. Uh, apparently not. And, and that, that's yeah. my, it, my friend Sam was telling me that story and I was like, huh? And then I woke mm-hmm. up at like six o'clock in the morning one morning and I was like, where's Craven? Wait a minute. And I was oh, like, yeah. you know, and, and he was like, oh yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah. Also but. close encounters in ET. Yeah. Lost his bite when he had kids. He said he wouldn't have had Richard Dreyfus go. That's yeah. right. That's true. That's right. That's true. That's Spielberg. They change you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then he gave us the kids in peril in Jurassic Park. Yep. Mm-hmm. But they, none of them died. True. That's true. And Samuel saved them. He didn't leave them. Yeah. But that's because that's what that movie's about. He didn't leave them for the dinosaurs. You're right. But now they're back in the car. Exactly. Life in a, finds in a, a glass orb. <laughs> uh, so what else do we need to talk about for Scream? This was... Um, this is a movie that I don't love, but the first time I saw it, I was like, damn, this is well-made, and I totally get how, when mm-hmm. it came out in 1996, which I think, again, I was too young to like go to the theater mm-hmm. to see it you know, at the time, uh, I could tell why it became, and it was everywhere. It was a huge, when it, came it, was out. A pheno- it was a phenomenon. I it mean, is very smart. The yes. script is airtight. Yeah. You don't know anything the whole time it's if fun. you haven't seen it. It's fun to rewatch because when you do know who the killer is, you, you are catch everything. You're like, oh, yeah. they tell you right there. Yeah. Oh, they tell you right there. Yep. But it was fun for us. We were, we were like, you know, as we were watching, kind of rationalizing, okay, that one has to be Stu. That one has to be Billy. Yeah. And then when you pick up on what that means, like the one that always stands out to me is um, Stu doesn't kill Tatum, his girlfriend, yeah. but he sends her into the garage knowing that Billy is going to go kill her. And that is, and, and just like a scene or two later, somebody says, Stu, where's Tatum? Whenever he was leading the party. And he goes, I don't know. She's probably pissed at me and left. Like, so he's covering, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. the mind. The, Sociopathic. The, yes. It's exactly that. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, fun is the wrong word, but like, it is worth watching with those glasses on because you. Because he like immediately, I'll be right back. He making jokes and everything yeah. after his girlfriend. Is. He does, yeah. They don't care. They yeah. flat out don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And I also loved to, I forgot about this is that first time you watch it. And I guess every time after, like the realization that Fred, uh, Lillard has when Matthew Lillard. Fred Lillard. Matthew Lillard. You're thinking Fred Lillard. of Fred Willard. I'm thinking At of the Fred moment Willard. that Fred Willard, <laughs> Fred Willard shows talks up. about having sex and sticks out his tongue. Yeah. It's great. It's crazy. <laughs> he really was the best in show. Uh, uh, Matthew Lillard, when he realizes that, um, uh, yes. Skeet's character, Billy, like does have a motive. Yeah. He's kind of thrown, but then he keeps going with it. But it's a really interesting scene because he that was has a good little bit of acting on his was. part, even mm-hmm. though he's been 
fucking hamming it up. Yeah, like Man. crazy. I know he's really fun to watch. But though. we all he's knew that guy. Crazy. I knew that guy. Oh yeah, in school. Yeah. Like who? Yeah. What? He even looked like Matthew yeah. Lillard. Yeah, I and wouldn't talk to him. <laughs> I had a big, I had a big crush on him. Was Matthew Lillard in She's All That? What other movie was he in? With Without he, a paddle. That was he's, later. He's he was in, in some other hackers. Team. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Or is it SLC Punk? SLC Punk. That's what it yeah. is. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think of other weird stuff he showed up in. Well, I just like that. I think Scream really did get him shaggy, which is weird in the Scooby Doo movies. And I Scoo- think he was. A great we haven't even shaggy. talked about David Arquette and Courtney Cox. Oh no, my gosh, David no, Arquette is so good in this movie. <laughs> he is. Those little beats, mm-hmm. all the little things. And the he little does. things that they they did so much work on his character, yes. just in the tiny stuff that he has, mm-hmm. like his shitty little mustache even though he wants to be a cop mm-hmm. taken seriously eating an ice cream cone while the other cops smoking a cigarette yep. he was uh going along with courtney cox's gale as she was complimenting his muscles he really doesn't have any muscle like no. he was like it's like an upper body helps me uh <laughs> see more people take, take it, me seriously take it more seriously. and i was like what body oh are you talking i'm like he's just what? very self-conscious about his position in this police department <laughs> and the bit when uh, they call me dewey to affect my <laughs> yeah when when because uh, his real name was dwight was that yes. what it was? Yeah. yeah when sydney gets the call he's better than dwight and he i think i'd rather be dwight we were talking about it. Know. Billy? Guys, anybody over 12? You're not Billy anymore. Yeah. I would go by Billiam. Yeah. Billiam. Billiam. Go. No. Um, you got to be Bill. That's like a... That's like a or your Will. Or Will. Or Will. William. Will's yeah. good. Or change your name. It's yeah. <laughs> 2018, y'all. don't have a name. Exactly. Yeah. But Johnny, I could see as being like a name for a guy in his 20s and 30s, but... Yeah, who hasn't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's still talking about high school. Exactly. Johnny. Um... No, I, I I mean this whole cast was great. I really liked Courtney Cox. She, She's great. Just kidding. I love all Johnnies. And I, I also just like the way that they again like portray the media. Yes. Sensationalizing everything and not really giving a shit about the victims. Yes. But just like and the way that the camera goes and then everything is like this story. Like the way that they tell it, you know, as soon as yeah, when she it's, gets decked in the face. But you know what's interesting, like about that is yes, they really do play up the sensational like the sensational um, nature of the media and mm-hmm. the, and these serial killers and true our fascination with true crime, which is coming to fruition yeah. right now. Yeah. But I will say something I picked up a little more of this time was obviously I knew that Gail, you know, was on Cotton's side and, and saying like, no, I don't think he killed your mother. Right. Um, she was right. And she was time. right. And that's what's so, so it, it actually, it does. She's willing to say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm exploiting the hell out of this mm-hmm. for sure. But I'm not wrong. But I'm also a journalist. Like I am, I may be cheesy and tabloid. Well, they change, they change your view of her th- yes. in the movie yes. because right. by the end of it, you like her because and she ends smart. up being a hero and she, the little David she, Arquette stuff. She shoots the murderer. Yeah. You know, she shows up to sort of save the day, like the or T-Rex in Jurassic to, but Park. She's like, oh, no, she tries broken. to. Um, but she does have a line about oh, then how, she like, does. Yeah. she wants to be taken seriously as a journalist. And maybe she is just playing, kind of playing up the role of like, all right, I'm an on-camera true crime reporter. So she's wearing lime green. And- for sure. For this Inside Edition thing. But yeah, it was crazy to watch this and have lines where David Arquette says to Sydney. Oh, this is fine. You're at school. You'll be safe I'm here. I'm so glad you pointed that out. I oh, never yeah. thought That's, of that before you said it. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because we live in a different world now. And to have... And then um, he still wasn't safe in the school, even in this true. movie. That's true. Yeah. But like... It's, 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 it's it kind does of have a... Yeah. Um, there was a couple other moments, too, where I was like, it's different now. That line is different now. The world we live in is different. Mm. I'm trying to think of what another one was, mm-hmm. but that 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 line really got to me. Um, and um, yeah, maybe was it something to do with Courtney Cox's character? Anyway, I'll try to remember. But, Henry um, Winkler's death was the best out of everybody's. <laughs> a lot of fun. And he and you pointed out he had a Fonzie moment. He did have he a Fonzie moment. Fonzie he got scared moment. and then fixed his hair it's in the mirror. So good. Mm-hmm. And then we see Freddy Krueger, who is Wes Craven, sitting outside yep. on the floor. <laughs> yep, Fred. Fred. Fred the janitor. Janitor Fred. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah, and that all that stuff's done on purpose. It's just like, yeah, this was this, this was um, super fun movie, and of course. Jamie Kennedy, uh, what's his character's name? Uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? I see, Randy. 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 Um, that when, moment where he's sitting at the on. watching Halloween as but Jamie talking Jamie. to Jamie. Yeah, it's talking so to Jamie the Curtis Jamie, and I didn't get it. You guys turn around, Jamie. I was like, I was like, it's. So, I think I was like, I think it's so funny that this guy who's maybe a little too obsessed with movies is pointing at the screen and calling the character by the actress's name. 
because we all kind of do yeah. that. That's funny. But it was actually was, his name. He was talking to himself because Jamie, the killer's right behind you, Jamie. And yeah, that, that shit was great. It's yep. a, yeah. it's a perfect cast. There's yeah. no, there's no one who could, Oh, that's something we might want to mention though, is that of all the, this is my fa- I don't like yeah. slasher movies. I don't, yeah. I have never really been a big fan. Um, but I love scream and, uh, but I will say uh, Nev Campbell as Sydney, or it's not even, it might be a combination of both, but Sydney Prescott has always been a very vanilla, um, a very vanilla final girl to me yeah. or center of a franchise. And to, to some point, I do understand that. I think that's kind of the point. I think she's yeah. written she's like to a be, culmination of all of them. Absolutely. Yes. She's written to be book smart. She's written to be innocent. She's written, but she's not a square. But Lori, then at the end, she's like a straight up. Yeah. Badass, which, which is the, the narrative yeah. of most final girls. But yeah, I just never, I have never, no matter how many times I watched this movie or any of the other movies where Sydney is there, I have never been into her. I just don't, I don't care about her. Can't connect. Can't I cannot connect, connect yeah. with her. That's fair. That's fair. And I think. Cause you're just like, why do you like ski? Ulrich. Um, yeah. No, I do not think that because I know why. Because we've all been there. We've all we've all been there. Yeah, he's just such a creep in this movie. Yeah. He's such a creep. And, and they're creeps and you're just like, no, it's cool. What? No. Mm-hmm. it's That's just how he is. It's mm-hmm. fine. It is not fine. No, Mm-mm. it's not. Mm-mm. He obviously had uh, some real mental problems, man. Um, man. Yeah. I, it, it, not a movie that I love, but every time I watch it and rewatch it, uh, I so appreciate it. And I'm so glad we were able to have Clark because she just makes she just made the movie you much know, better, much better, oh. and so fun to talk about um, the the context of when this movie came out and who made it and how it was all put together. That stuff is great. It is fun written too. by a twenty year old. That's nuts. Or that a, is nuts. He, how he was well a kid. I, I shouldn't have quoted his age because on my podcast the other day I was like Rami Malek is twenty four. He's thirty six years I old. Cannot I cannot believe. <laughs> That Kevin Williamson was four years old when he wrote this movie. <laughs> That's bonkers to me. That blows my mind. But yeah, yeah, but no, it is it is pretty amazing. But I would just say, if you listened to this episode and you were kind of like, huh, I never thought of that movie that way. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of other genre films, horror and sci-fi specifically, that are allegory mm-hmm. for something else. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what makes genre endure. Mm-hmm. Um We've no, we'll notice genre goes in waves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you guys already did Saw, um, but which which is in the list somewhere. Um, but you know the the whole the whole conversation around torture porn right. and what that means. But also at the time uh, we are at war in Iraq, the, we are having beheadings on YouTube. We are seeing Abu yeah. Ghraib. Like torture yeah. is very much happening um, in our bigger world in our bigger picture, and so it is no surprise that torture became front and center of our horror movies. Yeah. Now that said, that wasn't I, in the bush. I, I well, well what I, yeah, but I, what I was going to say is that, you know, there are people who take advantage and, and make right. tr- torture. Por- totally. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But there mm-hmm. are some like, Will is hostile on this list? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. No, well, it's not. if you want to do a bonus, or if it is, if you get there and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, uh, let's do a bonus and watch hostile. Have me back. Guys, this is our promise. <laughs> have me back because I will. I, I think I'll hostile, just be crying. <laughs> I think hostile is a brilliant, brilliant movie. And is I it? think really? it's very. Isn't it's, it it's fucked us all, all get out? about uh, xenophobia. It's all oh. about American entitlement. Those four douchebags yeah. go over to Europe Wait, and they're like. Four douchebags die in it? We're watching Hostel. Um, lots of people die in it. But, mm-hmm. you know, these these idiots go over and everything mm-hmm. they do, why don't you eat with your, why don't you eat with a fork or mm-hmm. that's gay or whatever. That's not accidental. It's um, all about Americans like walking in and being dicks. And that's something that Eli does that's interesting. Sometimes he succeeds, sometimes he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's going to show you a terrible character and by the end he wants you to root for him. And that's mm-hmm. always like, you know, sometimes he does it and sometimes he doesn't. Uh, pull it off, but yeah, I can I can take this exact same like exploration yeah. and apply it to the Hills Have Eyes remake, which I yeah. love, which a lot of people say torture porn. Um, same with Hostel, I love Hostel, but it's they're smart movies, but they're upsetting, right? Right. So, yeah. yeah. 
And people are going to dismiss them because, like you said, they're yes. genre. So people assume that they're not about another right. thing. There can't be nuance yeah. because can't it's be like nuance. someone's head gets cut off. Even in Peyton Reed's movie Bring It On, mm-hmm. which came out in the year 2000, that movie tackles a bunch I of read about social that. issues. Yeah. It's great. They yeah. stole all their moves from uh, yeah. a black high school. Yeah. Really? It's, you know, it, that shit's about something. Which so. is, it's, oh man, the appropriation in dance music mm-hmm. by white girls in Texas high schools. <laughs> Let me tell you about it. <laughs> uh, before we go, Clark, yes. can you tell everybody about your podcast? Please. Yes, I would love and to. And where people can find it and stuff. And then I have a follow-up question. Okay. Oh my God. Uh, well, the show is called Sending, S-C-N-D-I-N-G, because sometimes it sounds like I'm saying send in, but Sending the Wolf. Um, and uh, basically we, similar to what you guys do, work within the parameters of all the AFI lists. So the guest gets to choose any movie off of any AFI list and we talk about it and then at the end they add a movie that isn't on the list. Mm. And so Hector and I did a great episode about uh, uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs which was the unofficial animation episode. Yeah. And it was a great con- It's one of my favorites that was, I've done. It was a thrill. It was so. It was, it was so super great. fun. Super fun. And somehow we got like guys. I listened to it. <laughs> yeah. So just listen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got from like Snow White to Superman somehow, mm-hmm. and to Cinderella, to Cinderella so and it was just yeah. But anyway, so that's the podcast, and you can Peter find Parker. it. Yeah. What'd you say? I said that he related to Peter Parker. I don't know if we did a lot maybe. of Spider-Man uh, talk Dopey in that feels one. a lot like Spider-Man. <laughs> maybe, actually. There's maybe. a thing on this podcast, I tend to relate everything to uh, Peter Parker. You but my follow, get there. my follow-up question, not today, no, we had a lot to talk about, uh, is the movie that I added on, on, our, on yes, our episode Iron of Sitting the Wolf, The Iron Giant. You hadn't seen it. You've now since seen it. <gasps> What did you think? I re- I mean, The Iron Giant is a great movie. And Mark Bernardin also added it. That's so right. it happened twice. So I was like, okay, now I really got to watch it. And yeah. you so kindly lent me the Blu-ray, which had that great documentary on it, which I also watched. Um, I, I really, of course, Iron Giant is very sweet. And it's a, it's a very, it's a very cool use of the medium. Yeah. You know? Um, genre movie that CG. says something. Absolutely. And I didn't realize it at the time and now I totally get it. Yep. And yeah. And it's, yeah, it's main character or main thing is like a computer generated character in an era when uh, that wasn't super common and like not, not everybody had nailed yeah. it down yet. Mm-hmm. And they it looked it. cool. It looked cool. It was like a good use of mm-hmm. computer generated Because he's blocky enough that you mm-hmm. can do it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really sweet movie and um, very unique and very special and um, it's very sweet. Well, thank Thank you so much for watching it. Thank you for letting me borrow it. I hope you didn't feel pressure to say nice things about it. No. Because I put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, where is Iron Giant on this list? That's Jennifer Aniston's best performance. I just said it. <laughs> yeah. It's Vin Diesel's best performance. Iron Giant's yeah. not on the list. Yeah. It's really... It's a great source of contention between now us and this list. You think it was at like 501? It better no. There's not many been. animated movies on here. There isn't. As there isn't in AFI lists and different We've lists had that people put one together. Animated you know, so far. this yeah. list is yeah. filled with hot takes. I know. Um, First Exorcist of all, not in the top hundred. Yeah, Exorcist at two hundred six and like Nightmare on Elm Street, which is great at like one sixty three or something. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. It's just shenanigans, but uh, I, you know, you'd think for a list that's filled with hot takes that puts Fight Club in the top ten greatest movies ever made, <laughs> there would be a place. There would be more of a reverence for outside the box choices, yeah. like animated films mm-hmm. or you know, fill in the, the blank. The outside the box choices in this list are like Evil Dead Two is number 20-something, which is insane. But again, it's like you think about the the, the majority of the fans probably of this yeah. publication who are they writing They probably in. think less of animation because mm. completely. It's, because it's not as cool, tough, dude bro cinema. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's like my favorite movie is a sensitive thing about a robot and a boy. But you know what? That's this so came out in 2008. Yeah. Where was the world? Where was Western culture? Yep. I understand this is a yep. UK list. I get it. It's but not still. American. But yeah, this is a different... This is a time... This is a... That's actually very interesting. It says a lot about... That's that's yeah. fun. I, I hope they bro-y. do it again. I, except not because I know you guys don't want to have another <laughs> no, five hundred. Do it again. No, we want it. <laughs> but yeah, that'll I, be our. Bonus I would be episode. really curious to see if they redo the list for a ten year anniversary. I, I can almost guarantee that if the if the list came out today, uh, like I don't know if Scream would be on there. I think Scream it, might still it be might, on it. It might still be in the top five hundred. Um, none of the sequels, obviously, and, mm-hmm. and maybe Nightmare on Elm Street will move down on mm-hmm. the list. But I can almost guarantee Saul be gone. The Iron, yeah, Saul would be gone. Iron Giant, would the be Iron Giant would be on there because I my feel like my favorite still wouldn't. Even t- yeah. what's your favorite? Empire of the Sun, Steven oh. Spielberg. 
Empire of the Sun. Not that's on the from list. like 89. So. It's tough because it's a great film, but if any other director had done it, everyone, would, I think, would praise it more. But because it's Spielberg, yeah. it gets buried in the like, yeah. it's not Schindler's List, it's not E.T., it's not Close Encounters, That's it's not how Jurassic I feel Park. about, um, about uh, War of the Worlds. Sure. I think it War of the fall. Worlds is excellent. It's really and, good. But it's Steven His Spielberg. whole 2000s era mm-hmm. just kind of Munich. is a... Yeah, Minority it's report. all kind of a blur, but they are the great movies. AI. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but people just remember the classics. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, if they did this again, Iron Giant would be on there, and the and, terminal. Uh, and the terminal would be on there. Yeah, <laughs> no, I am Job. Uh, uh, I like those that movie. fucking saltines <laughs> with ketchup and mustard is so gross. <laughs> uh, that was the first movie we saw. Zoe Saldana reference Star Trek. She was a Trek. She played a Trekkie. Oh my God! And then and then Diego Luna, Diego Luna was, was like, in Star Wars. She's a Trekkie. That's right. Wow. And then later she was a Hura. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And later he dies <laughs> in Star Wars. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, all right. Any final thoughts on Scream, Clark? Uh, I think we said it all. Scream is a great movie. It changed everything. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of we really can't. Uh, forget that Scream changed everything. Mm-hmm. The rules, that was not, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously people had been noticing these commonalities, but like the rules as they were explained. It's the first one, first time yeah, they were ever laid like the, out. This is, this is the one, you know. The and, horror genre exists in two periods. There was after Scream AS and yeah. then there was before Scream BS. <laughs> that's, what, uh, BS. that's what it was. Hi y'all. You All know, movies are I, the last thing I'll say <laughs> is that just real fast thinking about uh, something like Cabin in the Woods. So Cabin in the Woods, I love. Um, I do too. And it's very fun. It is very fun. And it is doing what Scream does, which it is, it is uh, celebrating, but also criticizing mm-hmm. yeah. a genre uh, out of love. And that's sometimes what nerds do is it's like, it's a love letter, but also do better. Mm-hmm. And, Galaxy um, quest. Uh. right. Exact. Great example. Yeah. So, so, but I, you Super know, great. scream, I think has that young, sexy high school thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, you know, there are definitely attractive people in cabin in the woods, but it's not, Hemsworth. I mean, Hemsworth, Fucking Hemsworth. he's a gift from the gods, <laughs> but, but you get what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, uh, Thor. it's interesting how how yeah. people are more split on Cabin in the Woods. Right. Um, yeah. But unanimously are like, yeah, yeah Scream, Scream is the best. Only because everyone gets to the end of it, oh, that's stupid. I mean, <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's it great. is. And also I would say we shouldn't forget how mean of a movie and brutal of a movie Scream is. It's, yeah. yeah. Wes really... They killed oh. Drew Barrymore. Oh, oh yeah. you think Drew Barrymore's going to be the star of this? Nope. And those nope. images. Mm-hmm. Like, the, her hanging in the tree and <sighs> bo- zooming in. Yeah. Out. And like you said, it's so brutal because she's off to the side of the house and her parents are pulling up that they like just missed being able to yeah. save and her. And they or hear her on the phone. Yeah, it's just... It's, a, oh. it's, a, it's got a... It's got bite. I yeah. will say... That they have so much energy. Like, they hung her up from a tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Later, they're throwing the news guy on top of the van. They're like, let's yeah. put some blood on this windshield. Super strong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. They were up for the production value in their murders. They were. Yeah, that Fred Lillard guy, he works mm-hmm. out. Oh, my God. He makes it happen. Looks yeah. great for... Uh, yeah, Christopher Guest makes him do his work. Yeah. yeah. He's great. He was in Wally. All right, guys. I think that's all the time we have for tonight. Keller, what are we watching next week? Who's our guest? Next week, we are watching Topsy... Turvy from 1999 with, with yeah from 1999 starring Jim Broadbent which is mm. the main reason I'm excited about mm. it with my buddy Alex I just fucking blinked on his last name <laughs> Jacobs Alex Jacobs <laughs> <laughs> you're a good buddy I know nothing about that movie and I looked it up and I think you can rent it like it's on- about Gilbert and Sullivan okay great awesome Two, three hour movie about Gilbert and Sullivan oh, putting on a musical wow. you Fantastic. fucking pumped about it dude yeah <laughs> Two hours, 40 minutes. Uh, if people would like Set to aside a day. watch the film, I think you can rent it on like Apple movies because I don't yeah. think it's streaming on Amazon. You can't There's a rent Criterion it. edition, so yes. snag it. I think that's what it is. I think you can rent that on Apple movies. Maybe or it's on the Criterion thing. I got the Filmstruck Filmstruck app. might be on there. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's next week, Topsy Turvy with Alex Jacobs. Yes. And that our guest for sure today was Clark Wolf. Thank with you, an guys. E. You killed it. Check out Sending Thanks the Wolf. So Listen to all of those episodes, and uh, we're people, on the internet. Should be yeah, people you. can follow you uh, at Clark Wolf. Yep, Clark okay. with an E, Wolf with an E. That's Damn. good. All right, that's it, and that was Scream, y'all. So we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Ah! I screamed.